Welcome back, everybody, to Brown Bag Bets, powered by Betsports. We are your daily dose of quick hit handicapping and sports betting picks. I'm Alex Christensen, and joining me, as he will, just about every day this week, Mr. Matthew Rooney. And, folks, we did not both plan to wear gold shirts today. We did it yesterday. We both wore blue. I mean, just we'll a, we're, we're, we're just on the same page. Give us, give us a week together, not even a week together. Give us a couple days together. We just start to get on the same page. I love it. I can dig it. But how was baseball yesterday? Tennis was kind of meh. Mm, not good. We're we're struggling. It's it's right. you know I, I bet against Frankie Montas, who has been awful since being traded for, for uh from the A's to the Yankees. He goes out and he throws an absolute gem. He's really good. Um so that that one really kind of hurt. And then I bet the uh, uh the, the Cardinals first half with a, their ace Adam Wainwright going against a, a minor league call up. In Javier Assad, Assad allows seven base runners and in four innings of work, and the Cardinals can't plate one of them. So it's just you know it, it can't can't get anything to go right for me today. But hey, you got to keep betting, and you'll bet out of that slump eventually. I believe in us. Won a lot of first sets yesterday, not a lot of second sets or third sets, but life is tough sometimes. <laughs> but I'm ready. Let's jump right back into it. Got a bunch of tennis today again. Not a bunch. One pick in all three events that are happening. Actually, we're going to spread it around the board. WTA Cleveland, um, four matches today. One's underway, Alexandra over there. We're going to put together two favorites here I really like. Shui Zhang will be the late match tonight. She goes up against Martina Trevisan. Just going to keep putting her in numbers until, I'm sorry, putting her in parlays until we see numbers in the minus, you know, 350 to minus 400 range. If, you know, minus 290 or better, there's a value in her. I'll put her together with Samsonova, who's having a great week. Goes against Laura Siegmund, who, you know, snookered us a little bit. I can't remember if it was yesterday or Tuesday, but got us in the first round match. Well, yesterday was Tuesday, yesterday or Monday. But, um, again, still think she's being overpriced here. Samsonova shouldn't have any trouble in this match. I'm looking at minus 340. I have it closer to minus 450. So put the two together. This might be closer to minus 115. I honestly think you can play this at minus 120 or better. And then in Granby, going to take a total in Canada. Rebecca Marino and Jasmine Paolini should be a very competitive match. Um, thought about maybe playing a first set over here. Um, didn't love the over two and a half sets price. And those can be tough to find in some of these smaller events. But 21 games in a match that I made 21 and a half and probably would make it a little juicy look great to me. Again, if you want to play over two and a half sets, that's fine. Should be a really competitive match. Look for at least plus 150 on that over two and a half set. That's about where I have it. So over 21 there. And then U.S. Open qualifiers, these can be a little bit harder to find at some books. Some of them list them as U.S. Open. Some of them put them other places, but you should be able to find it. Two players I really like today. Katie Balter is having a great season. She is just minus 300 against Fiona Farrow. Farrow not having a great season and generally performs poorly outside of Europe. Is one of those players that just doesn't travel well for whatever reason. I'm not sure. Being kind of a middle to lower ranked player, it might just be not having the, the money, honestly, to pay to have everybody come with you or something like that. It's just tough for certain players. And Farrow generally does very poor this time of year. I think Bolter is going to keep playing great tennis like we've seen. And then Rebecca Masarova um, goes up against uh, Selena Yanashevich, I believe is how you say that. Um, had her as about a minus 250 favorite. I'm looking at minus 190 or better here. Really like um, Masarova, just overall the better player in better form here. Um, put the two together, and you should be able to still get that at plus money. Plus anything is just fine for me. So a few parlays, a total, and I think we'll get back on track today. Uh, I like the parlay route. I actually did that a little bit myself with, with baseball today. But I did have a question, like these U.S. Open qualifiers, 
who automatically qualifies and then who like what is the qualifying process because i know at least obviously golf and tennis are two different sports but they have these u.s opens and the, the opens take uh you know they throughout the, the summer and, and spring you have to win you know spread out tournaments to qualify what is the qualifying process for the u.s open for those that don't automatically qualify so they start with the rankings, basically fill up the tournament with ranked players, leaving some spots for qualifiers, wild cards, and things like that. And then basically the next group of ranked players that isn't automatically put into that draw, it's put into a second draw that is basically an entire tournament itself. There is a 128-player qualifying draw that started on Monday. I'm sorry, yeah, that started on Monday, and they'll play Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. I don't know if there's play on Friday, but basically they play through that bracket. Instead of having one winner, um, I think it's 12 they end up with or something like that. Now, I think they have, I think it's 16, actually. They couldn't have 12. Um, so you end up with 16 players as a result of that process. So that's why ranking points are really important and why trying to you know pile stuff up, because if you are a top 100-ranked player, you get main entry into all these grand slams, and it's a nice paycheck for the year. I mean, just showing up, you know, you're looking at, you know, several thousand dollars, tens of thousands of dollars. You know, a lot of these players really, I think there was actually one tweet today. Someone was saying um, if a player had made the main draw, it would have doubled her earnings for the year simply by showing up. So it's a pretty big deal. I wish I just got a couple thousand dollars for showing up somewhere. Wouldn't that be nice? Just show up to Brown Bag Bets and get a couple thousand dollars. That'd be nice. Easy squeezy. Uh, should I get to some baseball picks? Like I said, one of these, I, I took kind of your route and did a, well, it's the same game parlay, but did a little bit of a favorites parlay to try and find some value and some things I like on Dan's Atlanta Braves. Uh, and we do have oh, day no. baseball with those very same Braves, so obviously we're going to bet them. Uh, the Braves minus one and a half straight up was like minus 160. Their first half result was right around minus 160, minus 162. So very, very little value on those, but I still wanted to bet day baseball. It's a very, very lopsided matchup. The Braves have won 13, 13 of their last 15 since they dropped four or five in that series to the Mets, so they're playing as good a baseball as anybody. Uh, Kyle Wright's pitching for them. He's been their, their whole rotation's been pretty solid this year, very solid, I should say, but he's been been really good. He's got quality starts in eight of his last ten. So I, I trust him on the mound against the Pirates pitcher, Mitch Keller, who hasn't really been all that good. He's been kind of fine, but he's got a whip up near one, one and a half, so he's allowing a decent amount of base runners. So we are going to go with the Braves' first half result and the Braves minus one and a half. We're going to combine that to give us a, a decently, you know, plus money parlay there. Just trying to find some ways to, to value bet the really good team going up against the really bad team. And then the White Sox-Orioles first half over four and a half. Uh, if, if things repeat themselves like last night, this will hit in the first inning. Um, it was three to two after one last night. And that we, Obviously not expecting that to happen tonight, but we got a pitching matchup that kind of leads towards the first half over, which is why you're seeing that at four and a half, not three and a half. But uh, it's Lucas Giolito on the mound for the White Sox, and he's uh, he's had quite the fall from grace to 2020. He was a top 10 finisher in the Cy Young voting. Uh, this year he's got a five and a half ERA, a whip up near one and a half. So he's been really, really bad for the White Sox, especially against better teams. The Orioles, surprisingly enough, are, are one of the better teams. He's not one of the better teams in baseball this year, but at least in the second half, they've been one of the better teams in baseball. Um, so they, they have a very good lineup. I don't really trust Giolito to get through that lineup all that easily. So I think he's going to give up his fair share of runs. Spencer Watkins has been uh, decent, but not great. He's got an ERA over four and, and another whip that's, you know, a little bit over, I think just over, just under 1.4. So he's allowing his base runners to. Uh, really just kind of rolling the dice that uh, one of these lineups gets a little bit hot, drives in a few runs, because they're going to have their chances with runners on base. 
and all we're going to need is a couple hits from there. So White Sox, White Sox, Orioles first half over four and a half. I, I like that value to it minus 106. And Dan's Braves every which way in the same game parlay to get some plus money. All right, we like the Braves. It's hopefully good for Dan. Dan's not feeling well, folks. So send Dan some nice stuff, and hopefully the Braves will be nice to him too. But I didn't mention it. They've the been very the nice show. to him lately. It's not just Wednesday. It's win total Wednesday. I it's love wins this win total, total Wednesday. Win, or win I love total. this win total. I can see. I, have, I can I, see the graphic. What's coming up next? This is so nice <laughs> of you. Thank you. I thought that um, that you might like that, but let's dive into it right away. The NBA schedule is out. Finally, had a chance to make through it, and um, luckily, based on what we heard yesterday around what Mr. Durant is planning on doing, I did kind of assume that um, the Bulls. I'm sorry, that the uh, Nets there would be okay. So didn't have to do too much rejiggering, but I sort of gave it away there. Let's go Bulls. I think that there is a bunch of value on this number. Uh, just given some overreactions, I think, to um, some, some, the fact that I think Zach Levine is injured right now. I mean, not the fact that I think he is. He's injured right now. But you look at that injury, you look at the Lonzo Ball injury, and obviously this team would be much better if those guys were 100% healthy right now. But if you go back and look, they only got 67 games out of Levine last year. As long as they can get him right, he's in good shape. Alex Caruso looks like he's healthy. Only got 41 games from him last year. Again, ball was out most of the year. Patrick Williams hardly played at all last year. He should be just fine this year and be a really solid piece. Again, only 17 games for him. And you look at some of the additions. They might not look like huge additions, but picking up a guy like Andre Drummond is one of the things that I think is maybe hard to value for people who use player models or are trying to look at it that way because – what he's going to be able to do, I think, you know, about 15, 20 minutes a night, if he can be the same player he was last year doing, you know, backing up Joel Embiid, being a positive for the Brooklyn Nets as a center there. Again, all they need is 15 to 20 minutes of him being a plus defender, grabbing rebounds and trying to finish. And that's exactly what this team needs. A lot of people, again, worry about Vucevic and kind of what they're going to do there. But when I look at this Bulls team, I see a lot of versatility. I see a lot of depth. Again, they are going to miss ball, but Caruso will be back. You know, DeMar DeRozan isn't going to be the same player he was last year, but still should be pretty good. We saw Ayo DeSumo get a bunch of minutes. He's only going to continue to get better. Um, I thought the addition of Goran Dragic was a nice way to kind of hold the tide on maybe losing, um, you know, and not having a guy like DeMar DeRozan being as good as he was last year. But overall, it looks like a really good team to me. They do have some tough schedule spots. In terms of bad rest, they have about as much bad rest as any team. But if you go back through and look at the schedule actually itself and really dig into what games they're facing and, and how it's going game to game, a lot of those bad rest spots are at home. They're built around some easier games and things. And when I went through and shook this all out, I had the Bulls at 47, almost 48 wins myself. So there's some 44s out there. 44 and a half looks great to me. Again, I think this is going to be a really good regular season team. And all they have to do is be about three games above 500, which looks doable. I mean, the East itself might be a little bit better, but overall it looks kind of like the same conference we had last year. And again, the Bulls look just a little bit better to me, should be healthier. Everything seems like it's going up. And again, I think the market's overreacting a little bit to what maybe at the surface seems like a tough schedule. Yeah, I, I think you kind of hit it on the head there. Like they should be healthier this year uh, and they weren't. I, you had DeRozan probably be as good as he's ever going to be last year. He was unbelievable, played at an MVP pace. You can't really expect that quite that level again, but you expect a healthier Levine. You expect a healthier Lonzo Ball. Now, a healthier Lonzo Ball might be the the one thing you probably shouldn't quite expect because um, that knee just – it seems like there's a new report about how he's not still quite at full strength yet. So that one you kind of take a little bit of a you – know, 
a little bit of a flyer, being a little worried on, but the addition of Goran Dragic, I think really was, it was a nice veteran pickup to give them a little bit of a backup plan. So they don't have to like in the playoffs last year, they were just kind of shooting from the hip at point guard. They didn't really have a point guard when Lonzo went down, they tried to make it Caruso. They tried to make it to Sumu, but like as nice of a story as Sumu was as the local, you know, Chicago kid rookie, like he's a very, he's a pretty solid second unit point guard. If you're asking to run your show in, in a playoff series against the Bucks, it's not going to work out. So I like the Dragic addition, but it's just, like you said, going to come down to health. If that team can be fully healthy and you add Drummond, you add Dragic to, to that depth, I think they can be really good. But I mean, any team can kind of say, if we're healthy, we're good. It's going to be about showing it for them. They've got some time too. The first month or so of the schedule isn't too tough for them. So if they wanted to kind of rest Lonzo and work his way into the season, I think they could definitely do that, you know, assuming nothing else crazy happens. But yeah, I'm not super optimistic, but he only played 35 games last year. I think we can get another 35 back, maybe even 40 this year. So we'll see how that goes. And I meant to ask you this after baseball here. Patrick thinks we should take over six runs in the first five of a baseball game. That's too many. Let's see. Right. It's the Rockies. I mean, it's the Rockies and Rangers. Uh, I, I believe they're in Col- if they're in Colorado. I'm in. Um, if they're not in Colorado, I still might be in because you can't uh, you can't not sell me on an over. If you give me a tip on an over, I, I'll Looks automatically like spin myself into betting it. If they're in Colorado, why not? Let's go for it. I'm in. Yeah, Patrick, I'm with you. Let's take the first five over six. Can't be much worse than I've been playing baseball the last you know, last you know couple days. So I'm in with that. All right. So I'm feeling also, foolish though, about Chicago. What do you got? You're not feeling so good about this other team. Uh, I, You're right. I'm feeling good about this bet, not necessarily this other team. And I'm not going to talk about Bulls, but I am going to talk about Buffaloes. Um, I think this might be the first one I've given out in terms of college win totals, uh, given out and under. We're taking the Colorado Buffaloes under the three wins. You have to look around to find the three wins because most, most places are three and a half. And I think I saw like under three and a half at minus 200. And that's just like, I'm, I'm not, that there's just no value to that. So I, I essentially sold half the win and I'm getting it down to minus 120 here. Colorado is in a really, really tough spot. They had just a boatload of transfers, guys transfer out of the program. They have a new coaching staff who's kind of re, revamping the assistant coaching staff. And while that is probably a good thing in the long run, it's still a whole lot of change, a whole lot of overhaul. They lost pretty much, with the exception of their quarterback, the entirety of their skill positions in terms of, of running backs and receivers. Kind of, I think they bring back their leading receiver, but after that, there's pretty much nobody back from, from I guess, what wasn't already a very good room. Um, but still, there's really not any continuity there, any experience. And then you look at their schedule. And a lot of these over-under win totals is seeing these non-conference schedules and seeing if there's spots for them to win. They open up on a Friday night at home against TCU, who's going to be not great, but a still a pretty solid Big 12 team this year who should beat Colorado. They have to go to Air, Air Force, who is a very, very experienced, bringing back a lot of talent, tough team that was pretty darn good last year. That's probably a loss for Colorado going to Air Force. They got to go to Minnesota, who a lot of people think has a chance to go to a Big Ten championship game this year, or at least compete for that spot. Probably going to lose that one. And then, then UCLA is their first conference game. I really don't see them beating UCLA. Essentially, they're probably going to start 0-4, and they're probably going to finish 0-4. They close with Oregon, USD, Washington, Utah, probably not winning any of those four games. They have to win 
three out of four or two, you know, three out of four, four out of four in the middle to hit the over on this. But I just don't see that happening of Arizona, Cal, Oregon State, Arizona State. They're not good enough to go four and oh in any stretch. So I, I think they're going to. I, I I like selling half the win to get me some value here and banking on them I'm not getting to that three number, but I'll, I'll take the push at three. I really just don't think they're a good football team. And it's a shame because Colorado has awesome uniforms. They have an awesome logo. They got an awesome mascot. They're in a really cool town. They should be a lot better than they are, but they're just not very good right now. They're, they're definitely a rebuilding project. Now, I'm looking at it now. I mean, are they favored in any game? I mean, how many games are they favored if they are? Let's if, I mean, I haven't looked. I don't know if if Pac-12 lines are out yet, which I, I doubt for for midseason. I, I would say they might be favored against Arizona, but they're also on the road there, and Arizona is also not expected to be good. But like Dan has in the chat here, uh, Kansas over two and a half caches. Like they're they're not a very Kansas is a very good team, but they're kind of fun and headed in the right direction. That's similar to Arizona. And if you're going to Arizona in you know a weird mid-season night game probably like that's not a really fun place to go to have to play not be favored there maybe not, at not home against home. cal or at home against arizona state if arizona state yeah, uh, spirals like dan thinks they might which is possible but it's very unlikely they're favored in a game this year that's what I'm, I'm saying that's i like this quite a bit under three you get the push if somehow they do win three games but yeah it's I mean, hard if you to want to go to three and a half and, and go at minus 200 or whatever you can find it at take your shot i i felt comfortable enough here to sell the win and i can live with the or half the win and i can live with the push i can dig on that and you and dan are going to talk more college football on friday because you're taking tomorrow off what are you doing tomorrow i am flying to aspen for a wedding uh have a, have a friend college friend's wedding out in aspen uh so i will be on a plane by the time uh brown bag is starting tomorrow and then i will be back on the show on friday live from uh my beautiful hotel room in lovely aspen colorado Dan and I will be talking so much plugged into the social pipeline there. That's really important from what I understand. Yeah. That should be quite a bit of fun. Um, Spread a stare. Had him seen him on the show. He'll be joining me tomorrow. We'll talk a bunch of U.S. Open tennis, even more NBA. We'll probably have some more futures and stuff. And then Friday, I will not be here. I'm going to be on a plane to Vegas while you and Dan talk about college football, all sorts of other stuff. Is that game still going? I don't know. We'll see. What did you say? Is there FS1 this weekend? Maybe Dan will have some FS1 to talk about. That's a, that's probably a Dan question. We'll see. We'll figure it out. Thanks, everybody, for watching. Thanks, everybody, in the chat. Thanks, Patrick, for the pick. I'll be playing that because why not? It's baseball. It's the first half. There's no anybody else who's betting the over six on something like that. We'll see you tomorrow. Thumbs up, likes, all that good stuff. Have a great day. Make Andy happy. Give him some thumbs up.